Welcome to the Backstage with the Simple Church Podcast. My name is Evan Samanko. I'm the host, and you just heard Justin Hagler, his scream, infamous around this podcast, but he is not actually here today. We're joined by Bill Allred and Eddie Faith producer Jordan Phillips, but unfortunately, we do just want to be letting everybody know that John and Justin's dad, Pops Hagler, they call him, has got some health concerns that's not looking good, so we appreciate your prayers. Justin talked about it in the message this past Sunday, if you're listening to this the week it comes out, shared some of that, what's going on, and definitely would appreciate any any good prayers, thoughts that way, and we will be thinking about them, so they are not on today, but Bill and Eddie, y'all have been here a couple times already this month, we got some exciting stuff coming up. Bill, you go first. Introduce us real quick again. Just recap. Who are you? Why are you here today? And what are we talking about? Well, hey, how are you doing? I'm good. So, uh, yeah, I'm Bill Allred. I'm on part of this directional leadership team for the church and uh, involved in this, you know, kind of decision making about going to the boardwalk and this boardwalk site and investigating the possibility of that. So that's really why I'm here. Absolutely. Eddie, how about you? Hey, so exact same thing. Eddie Faith. Uh, on the directional leadership team and just been part of the decision-making uh, uh, about what what we're going to do and where we're going and how all that's going to come together, hopefully. And so we're just here to talk about that today. That's right. And y'all were part of the original launch team of the Simple Church, started 2007. Jordan, our producer, how old were you in 2007? Uh, 13. Right. Not a part of the DLT. Jordan nope. does a great job making the podcast happen, though. And I was not a part of the official launch team. The one-year anniversary was actually my first Sunday on staff part-time. I was a senior in college. We were just looking at some old pictures of the bar, and Justin's using the message when we had that service. It was 15 years ago for me. I've been at Simple Church, and it's hard to believe looking at those pictures and seeing staff kids and everybody grown up. And 15 years is a long time in some ways, and in other ways, it's not a long time. But we want to talk about the future of the Simple Church and what we're doing today. Our uh, series now, this is the fourth part. So if you're just finding it or you picked it up, we'd love for you to go back and listen to the first three. The first one was our most downloaded podcast ever in three years of doing this. We've had, I think, triple the amount of downloads this month than we've ever had in any other month of doing the podcast. So we got some new listeners. Some folks found it and gave it a chance. So thanks for being here. Make sure you subscribe so you get each one as it comes out once a week. But today, Bill and Eddie... We're getting ready for this important April 30th meeting. If somebody's listening to this right when it comes out, the meeting's not happened yet. If you found it afterwards, you definitely want to go download the app, check out the show notes for links to our website, and you can get the latest information. But right now, as we're getting ready for this April 30th meeting, we're trying to decide the future of the Simple Church. No, you know, no big deal. Just trying to decide over the next 20 years what that could look like. And Bill, let's start with you. As we look back as this ride, you've been a part of Simple Church. What are some things that you've kind of reflected on, you've seen God do, and you want to share with maybe some folks listening that haven't been here as long as you have? Well, it's pretty interesting. Uh, Of course, I had some prior knowledge of knowing about this. I did jot down a couple of things and just thinking about, um, wow, 16 years and what that's meant for us. Uh, Really, the past 16 years has changed my life and, and my family in positive ways that I couldn't have imagined or foretold. Um, I've seen so many people become more, including myself, become or attempt to be more compassionate, more thoughtful, kind, and generous, um, truly Christ followers living out Christ's challenge to let him use us here on earth, you know, for, for the time we're here. Um, there's been plenty of highs and lows though. Um, some of the most difficult times in my life have been in this 16 year period. And I'm so fortunate that I did it with these people, with this community of, of, of folks. 
God's been faithful in surrounding me with those people, um, people looking out for one another, having each other's back, we call it. And uh, because we made our mission to be generous, um, to be on mission as kind of pillars of what we stand for, uh, God's provided opportunity after opportunity to to live that out, and it's been pretty awesome to to be a part of. Absolutely, Eddie. How about you? Pretty much the same thing. I I in I think the second podcast I talked about how I had gotten to the point that I just attended church. I didn't really. I wasn't connected. Uh, I had, in the past I had taught Sunday school. I had been involved on leadership. I've done a lot of things in my previous church, but I'd gotten to the point that I really hadn't done anything. What What's really been amazing to me here is that I, I don't think there's a sermon that Justin doesn't challenge us to be, as Bill said, more generous, more uh, compassionate, more service-oriented, more loving, um, uh, more Christ-like. Yeah, that sums and, it up pretty well. And, and so— um, I've been challenged every sermon that I've ever listened to. Every time I hang around Justin, every directional leadership meeting, um, we're pushed. And um, I, I've seen. Uh, I remember. I remember at a previous church we won an award for the most number of baptisms in the state, and I've seen. Uh, that many baptismals done on one Sunday, uh, or yeah, one Sunday here at the Simple Church. So God has really blessed us in in many, many, many areas, and uh, that's that's what I remember about the last sixteen years at Simple Church. That's awesome. Yeah, baptism is a great indicator, right? It's a life change. It's a moment that somebody steps out of being anonymous that has come through, and we've baptized thousands of people in sixteen years. Right. The average church in America baptizes one person a year. And to put that in context of, again, God's favor, we've been trying to follow and do what he's asking of seeing thousands and thousands of people baptized, the stories, the life change. One that just immediately comes to my mind was we did a podcast with the Carters. They're a couple in their 60s, and David got baptized at Splash Kingdom two years ago, and we got to talk to him and Kathy, his wife, and they drive over from Marshall. They joined the church in a different age, and it's just over and over and over again. It's real people. Their lives are changed. They hear it, and... Then this week, Aurelia, listening, watching from Ghana, Africa, that now all of a sudden in the last couple of years, people are doing that we've never met in person, we don't see. You might be listening to this podcast somewhere that you've never even been to Simple Church, but for whatever reason, we're able to go and connect with you and you get something out of it and Justin's challenging his messages. All this stuff is great, and I just think it's a really cool thing to from the inside, see and be a part of, hear the stories, because we don't always know what we're doing, right? Justin's the first to admit yeah. that we're not perfect. It's not like we had this clear master plan. He always jokes That's and true. talks about how the first building he was going to get was only going to fit about 100 people and would have been capped in space, and God had different plans. And we've That's been true. trying to be fluid and changing and flexible as we've gone. And you guys being a part of that initial directional leadership team, you were in those meetings, you were here in the launches early on. It was maybe... Um, tumultuous in the beginning. It was a good word that we could say that is changing constantly. You didn't know what was going to happen. It was exciting. It brings a level of energy. And I think this next move is going to be another one of those tumultuous seasons that could be a lot of change, a lot of stuff happening, but we are excited about it. 
And Bill, you specifically, actually both of y'all, well, let's say first credit, both of y'all student ministry leaders back in the day, working with teenagers, how really I got to know yeah. Justin. I was a youth pastor. Jordan was in youth ministry. Mm. 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 Turned out so good because That's of his great your youth fault. pastor. That's right. That's right. Youth pastors get all the blame when it's bad and none of the credit when it's good, typically. Yep. But I know that for me, working with teenagers, you guys as leaders were in there. Bill, you specifically, though, we've had conversations the last probably 10 years or so off and on about this heart that you have to help the next generation. Andy Stanley is somebody that we both really like and says, uh, says this thing that's what's the next generation worth? of how we're going to figure this out. So maybe just for a minute, just share a little bit of that. And other people don't get to talk to you as much as I do, but they can listen to this podcast and hear your heart for this next generation of people that are coming up behind us. Yeah, thanks. That's, that is a great question. It is a, a topic you and I have had a chance to talk about, and we do spend, spend a lot of time thinking about. And really, this move to think about space and time, which are two things pretty precious to us, do we have the time to do those ministries well? Do they have the space to get together and to meet? But kind of just the general idea of that is what would you do as a parent or grandparent to ensure that the next generation gets a chance to hear about the saving grace of relationship with Christ, to know that the next generation will enter into adulthood with their faith intact and their devoted followers of Christ? Isn't that priceless to us? Hmm. There are plenty of examples of young adults walking away from the church these days. You read about it all the time. I myself even have experienced it, and it's, it's tough. It's painful. Um, I've seen family and friends deal with the outcomes of that, too, where they don't make it to adulthood with their faith intact. Wouldn't it be worth anything to know children and their children's future is secured and that they may, you know, make every effort to help our dads in the room. You know, I can ask you, what's it worth to you to know that effort is being made to ensure that the future of the simple church mission is to contribute to the church, making a difference in the lives of our students and children in the future. Yeah. And Eddie, I think about you, we were having conversations about this and your dad, Mr. Faith Leroy was somebody that went and championed at another church, a building that impacted my life. I was a student growing up there. I surrendered to ministry there. My life was changed there. I met my wife there. And because of that part of my life, I'm able to now go and try to do this for my kids. And it's the legacy that your family's left and that you're continuing to leave through Simple Church. How about for you? Does that stay out? anything jump out to you about why it's worth this for the next generation? Yeah, I think you have to ask yourself, let's, let's just take a fifth grader, say 10 years old. Yep. Let's go out 20 years. Now he's 30 years old. He has children. Yep. Uh, you know, the, the kids' ministry that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, they're, they're, now have, they're now in college, getting out of college, out of college. Their life is completely different. What are we going to do? between their their being kids or youth to what, 20 years down the road, we have to invest in um, their lives. And I can't think of a better way to do it than to have a place that they can come to. Um, and, and, you know, we can have programs that, that, that bring them to the saving grace, the growing grace, the loving grace of uh, Jesus Christ. 
And I'd just add too, I mean, in a place where it's, we're one, have relevant programming with people who care about them, know that we love them. Um, but a place they really want to come to, we keep talking about that third place and we may mention it again, but that yeah. place besides home and work or school that kids feel comfortable, um, coming to Family. whether it's yeah. children on Sunday morning or students on, you know, you pick the day of the week, whatever kind of programming we're doing. Same for adults too, but, but we really are, as your question was to, to, uh, reference the next generation, the future of the church literally relies on you guys as, as younger adults, um, investing in it for the sake of your children and theirs. I mean, and I, I think we're committed to that more than ever. Because you look at the research and the data of what the trends are, and depending on what news sources you listen to and where you hear things, it's very negative sometimes. It's this rise of the nuns is what they're calling it. Yep. That is the biggest generation of no religious affiliation in the history of America. All around the world, it's trending that way. It's only getting worse in some senses, but at the same time, it's also a chance to do something and bring a revival, to bring something to change, to help families. And there are more people than ever that are spiritually curious that they don't go to church, they don't grow up in church, and then all of a sudden you can go and impact them in a way that they've never seen. And Simple Church, doing church differently, we really are passionate about that. We don't just do it for the sake of being fun and silly, but it is strategic. It doesn't always seem that way. It doesn't right. always look that way. But doing a song they might know from the radio, trying to show movie clips, breaking down some of those barriers is all part of a bigger plan to try to help do church differently and help reach somebody that doesn't go to church, that maybe didn't like church or is de-churched. And there's a lot more people like that. It seems trending that way the more and more you look down the line. So having that space, the third space, I think is a great point. The first time I remember hearing third space in college as a business major was Starbucks. Yep. That Starbucks was trying to become that third place. And if you've been to a Starbucks, you know that it's not a standard coffee shop. They make it comfortable. They have couches. They have workspace. They were quick to offer free Wi-Fi early on in the beginning years. And I remember as a college student, it was one of the only places that had Wi-Fi, so I would go there and spend my money because they invested in infrastructure and space that made you want to go and spend time there and hang out. And so this idea of Third Space thing is really cool. You sent something to us that was from Barna looking at this idea and trying to do some research and figuring out of the church could be that place where at the boardwalk, Justin threw out the idea again, not committing to promising anything, but what if we did something with the fireworks show? The yeah. boardwalk here, it's a big community event. And all of a sudden when you're there at the boardwalk, it's a natural thing to be there, to be in the community, to have thousands of people to watch fireworks, and all of a sudden maybe get exposed to the simple church for the first time, or they see something or how you treat them. And it's just over and over again, there's these creative ways that you can do something being in the community, being at the boardwalk that's exciting to me. And I know the staff, we've been talking about it, that you could do things you hadn't been able to do before. Well, I think that's good, a good point. That we're, It's all about being in the world and, and not really afraid of the world or culture. We can be in it, but not of it, like we've talked about. We have a, um, a, you know, no offense to Starbucks, but yes, it can be a third place. But, you know, are you finding your life's meaning and purpose in Starbucks? Not necessarily. The church has opportunity to do that where you you see something bigger than yourself and, and you get to do it with people who are um, seeking and searching in the same way, yeah. figuring life out together uh, because they see the emptiness of the world and culture outside of outside of faith comes up empty absolutely and as a teenager that was a place that we could go to a church growing up they had a youth area you could go hang out you could go during the week we would go and see friends and have 
birthday parties there or whatever it is that yep. there's a space that you can use. Uh, Common Ground Community Center is somebody we've partnered with, and they turned an old chapel that was sitting there empty into a like a basically a party space that the people in the neighborhood could rip for free. So you could go and be able to work. They remodeled it, put it in there, and they threw baby showers and graduation parties in Cedar Grove, this neighborhood that's not necessarily known for having anything like that. And they said that it's just been so incredible to see people so grateful to have a space in their neighborhood and that they could use. And with us being in the community, working with people, if it's weddings there, if it's dance recitals, it could be a lot of things that we could create that space. And I think we're excited about the potential of that for sure. Yeah, I don't think we're afraid of any of those kinds of events. We may not end up doing all of them, sure. but, but um, I, I think that partnering with partnering with the community uh, to do those sorts of things is has a lot of potential. Absolutely, and that's that's been on the radar since day one. I mean, yeah. from our very initial meetings, we always said if we ever owned a building, it would be a community center more than it would be a traditional looking church that because we five days a week yeah we would be open up for community events that would change the community do we have all that figured out no do we uh, want to figure it out yes absolutely. and we got to get there first so this meeting april 30th again if you're listening to this before it happens we would love for you to be at that because we're going to cast more vision you're gonna be able to see the plans to be able to see video a tour of what the building space looks like now if you've never been in there if you hadn't seen it in a while we're streaming it online too so if you're a part of simple church online we want to continue to make that better. We want you to continue to be a part of the Simple Church remotely, wherever you are in the world. You might not ever be in person, but we'll have better studio space, better recording gear. We can do things in, that we've not been able to do before when we don't have to set it up and tear it down. So you can stream that meeting. You can be there April 30th. We would love for you to do that. And again, if you're listening after the fact, check out our website. Make sure to go look, and we'll have things that you can still be a part of as it's going on. And Maybe you're listening to this in 2026 and we're there and it's all great and you can laugh and see that we didn't know what we were doing because we think it's going to be exciting. But wherever you listen to this, check out the show notes, check out the website, the app. It's the best way to stay in touch and know what's happening. So as we look toward the future, though, let's pull out our crystal ball. Let's just, I'll, for the sake of assuming that the world is still here, everything's still good 20 years from now. Bill and Eddie, you've lived long, happy lives. You reflect back on it. Bill, what do you think could be the next 20 years of Simple Church and we look back? Um, well, I'm going to tell a quick story, uh, tell you, Eddie and Eddie and I, Ray, John, we were all in Israel last week, which was uh, pretty life-changing, pretty cool. But one of the places I had a privilege to do a devotion in uh, called Caesarea Philippi in northern Israel. It was the northernmost point where Jesus' ministry uh, occurred, where he walked, too, you know, and Eddie, I'm going to tell a story, but what did you think about that day and place uh, while we were over there? Well, I've had the privilege of going there before, and I remember in the Bible it talks about the high places where where they would, you know, had all their little gods hmm. in all these high places. And um, there's a lot of interesting things there, but it's also a place where, I think you're going to tell the story of what the question that Jesus asked the disciples. Yeah. So that kind of set me up. But so there's a reason for, as it relates to the church, I'm going to tell us a little quick story or the, the devotional part of that. But uh, I even throw some, some scripture in here in Matthew 16 is when he was in Caesarea Philippi. 
and he asked his disciples who who the people say the Son of Man is, and they say some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So then Jesus asked them, "Who do you say I am?" And that's when Peter steps up and says, "You're the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And you know Christ recognizes that and and says, "I'll tell you, you are Peter." And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's Matthew 16, if somebody wanted to look at it. But so the point I'm bringing up about two things, we were there. I stood where that was, you know, it was so amazing to see a beautiful day, by the way. And Jesus revealed himself as the Messiah for the first time. And he spoke the church or the gathering, ecclesia, the church, into existence in that place. You can pause on that, let that sink in for a minute, that he literally spoke to church. And so whom he was speaking to, a small group of disciples, you would have thought that seemed a little unlikely. But lo and behold, here we are 2,000 years later, and the church is prevailing like he promised that it would. Beat the Roman Empire, the most powerful <laughs> thing in the world. Right, and... And again, who do we remember? So look, we are obviously not speaking the church into existence. That's not what we're, you know, our goal here is. But we are playing a pivotal role in that part, in our part of the world, in this community, to advance the cause of Christ, to put ourselves in a position to be used to advance his kingdom, to hope that this effort means lives are changed forever, in the legacy these 20 years is that we're faithful to what God called us to here on this earth while we're here, and it will tangibly impact in life-changing ways um, the same way we've seen in the last 16 years. If that's any indication, and space helps us with that, only better with our presence in the community every day. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Well said, Bill. Eddie, follow that. <laughs> what do you see the next 20 years looking like? Well, I, I see it. I see us. I, I don't see our attitude about church, about what the church should be like. I don't see it changing. I see us doing loving God more, loving people more, and solving more problems. And I, with a place and a gathering place and uh, I talked to uh, I talked to Amber this morning about life groups, and she's excited about there's a place now for people that want to have a life group, but they can't do it in their house. Uh, so life groups, mission work, all kinds of things. Uh, I I don't see it doing anything but growing, which is kind of what Jesus asked us to go out and do. And so I think. By taking this step, we're we're doing exactly what Jesus asks us to do that day. Yeah. Build upon this rock. Absolutely. So Justin says, I like, is that serving's never going to go out of style, that we're going to continue to do good. We'll find ways to do that, that just because we're not forced out of a building doesn't mean we won't continue to serve and do things in the community. It might look different. It might be different things, but it will be some way of serving somebody else and making it not about us. Yeah. And I hope, you know, we can say 20 years from now and that we're still doing it. We're worn completely out, you know, by then, <laughs> but, but that we're faithful to that mission, that we're we're doing that here on earth for as long as we can. Yeah, because Justin said, church. yeah, Justin said a hundred times, 
there's not a word in the Bible for retirement. There right. is no retirement. But I just think too that looking back 16 years, almost 20 years, y'all didn't think it was going to be where it is today. I mean, honestly, all of y'all sitting around that room, you really hoped it would work. You hoped that it would make it and reach some people. But I don't think you would have said in 2007 that it would be what it is now. No chance. No. No. We <laughs> we we thought we'd have the standard church of 300. You know, maybe 400 members and 250 of them showing up every Sunday. And that would be great. I yeah, mean, there's oh, nothing wrong absolutely. with that. Absolutely. And that would have been no, a win. No, and absolutely. But- and if we reverted back to that, we, we would just have to be happy yeah. with that. But but God's blessed us. Um, We've continued to move. Yes. <laughs> we hadn't just stayed still. That's exactly it. Jordan, youngest person in the room over there, you and me, different era, different generation than yep. Bill and Eddie over here. Hopefully, 20 years from now, you and me are still sitting here talking about this. What we do you see? We might have killed each other by then. <laughs> it would hey, only be one side. Hey, Jordan. <laughs> how, so, how old are you going to be in 20 years? In 20 years, we I'll seem be, to be doing mental math. I'll be today. 50. I'll be 56. You did subtraction so well a while ago. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is all for my wife because she oh, appreciates well. when y'all do some math. Well, Shout out in already. <laughs> so, Jordan, how about you? Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited for there to be a youth space full time. I remember being a kid and going, oh, we're going to Wednesday night church. You know, all my friends are going to be there. And, um, you know, there were leaders and people there, uh, Bobby, for one example, that you just wanted to go see and hang out. And so I'm, I'm excited for that, especially for my kids, because I remember that being a, a big part of, of my week growing up. So Absolutely. I'm excited that we'll have that space for sure. Yeah, and it's more it, options. We've isn't ever it had. different though to think now as a parent for the first time, like how important that became all mm-hmm. of a sudden? Yep, it's pretty cool. About to be yep. parent of two. Parent yep. two. That's so, right. Yep. So absolutely, I agree with that. And I think about Max. Max Ellis's intern is about to go to college. He's a senior, and he is not leaving his faith. He's not walking away. You never know what's going to happen. I hope nothing happens right. to him. But he just got off this trip with Israel with you guys, where he chose to do his senior trip. He went through some hard stuff in middle school and somebody I met with and prayed with and talked through. And you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how somebody's going to turn out. And I mean, there's been hundreds of students over the years and not all of them end up making good choices. But man, when they do and when you see that I got to play a small part in what God was doing in his life and then how that multiplies and how that works in ways you did never understand. And now I think he's going to go and do incredible things and God's going to do things in his life. And it might not be here, it might be somewhere else, but we are called to continue to reach people, to continue to keep trying, to not give up. And so for me, the next 20 years, I think about all these millennials my age that we're entering the workforce now, right? People still talk about millennials sometimes like they're up and coming and growing, but we're in our 30s and 40s. (laughs) We're pretty much grown people and we're going to be the largest percentage. We've been the biggest part of the workforce that we are basically here and now it's Gen Z coming behind us. And then my kids, they don't even have a name for yet that are in elementary school right now. And over these next 20 years, what is the world going to look like for them? What is going to be happening? How is technology going to continue to change? What is it going to look like if they're in a virtual world, if they're trying to go and be, I mean, there's just so many things. And as a dad and having these conversations now of trying to figure this out, I'm just reminded and I want to work in my own life for the other kids around that anxiety is on the rise, (laughs) fear is on the rise. There is unpredictable things and there always has been. But at the same time, it's a different world, and it's they're exposed to more. They're trying to figure it out. And Simple Church, for me, what I'm so thankful for and what I so believe in is, yes, we want to do good. Yes, we want to people help the community, but we also believe in counseling and resources that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to talk about your struggles. You don't have to pretend like everything's fine. 
and being authentic, I think, is a great word that describes Justin. Sometimes right on the border of too much authenticity, but he is an open book. Who he is and what he does on stage and talks about is pretty much who he is. That's right. And I think that authenticity is such a value of who Simple Church is and who we want to be that if you come in and want to talk to a pastor and stuff's going on in your life, you're not going to shock somebody. We're not going to turn you away because you've had a hard past. And there's going to be more and more people that I think in the next 20 years are trying to do things the world's way, trying to find what they're looking for to fill a hole, to fill a void. And if they end up empty, Simple Church, we want to be there for them when they're looking to raise their family in church, to come back to church, to look for hope, to look for something bigger than themselves, and helping connect them to Christian counselors, working with teenagers and youth now to help them to course correct before they get into college and get away from their faith. There's a lot of things that I think that we are doing right. We're not perfect by any means. There's things we can do better, but I'm excited for the next 20 years of we can be a light and a hope in this community, in the world where people are looking for something that you can't find anywhere else. Starbucks doesn't have the answer. You're not going to go and find meaning in money and these things that would never satisfy and that simple church can be there and in the world, but not of it to help be a difference for the next generation coming up that needs it so badly. Yeah. And these days are different. You mentioned it. Anxiety. I've even heard the term coined anxiety culture because Mm. it's so pervasive. Yeah. Um, and that's part because people feel more comfortable talking about it, but they aren't, aren't always finding the, the right places for the solution. I do think we're part of that. Yes. Counseling is an integral part, but there's a faith component that makes all the difference for people, you know, combining those best of resources. And, and I think we're positioned to do that because we're acknowledging it. We're not normalizing anxiety. We're normalizing talking about anxiety right. and, and those things that people um, literally are struggling with. Uh, and to with technology and the isolation that technology, we again beat this horse to death, but we talk about technology seems to connect us, but in reality it isolates us. And so all we're trying to do is create places of community where people actually want to come to because they see the difference it makes in their lives and they can do life with somebody because we all, we really do need one another. Absolutely. And then I know you're a technology guy and just a little bit of push that on that too is I think we want to leverage technology to help people in ways that I don't think a lot of churches are thinking about. I had a conversation with a guy who's a pastor in town and he went to a conference and there was this guy speaking at this conference who became a Christian got saved, was discipled through the metaverse, and then is there speaking in person because somebody was a missionary in the Facebook metaverse on a virtual reality headset talking to this guy who would have never stepped foot in a church otherwise and his life was changed. And we're not there yet, and I'm not saying we will be, but the technology isn't going away. It's only escalating. It's only going to keep changing. And I absolutely 100% agree that authentic community is the goal that we want people to connect with real people. But I think there's ways that we can help to foster that and create that in ways that a lot of churches I don't think are even willing to, (laughs) don't want to consider, can't, don't wrap their head around it. And that's something I'm passionate about is how do we continue to do that better and go where people are with technology instead of sticking our head in the sand and saying, just good luck, we're going to figure this out, come to be in person because we don't want you to use this evil technology. Yep. I use uh, just an example is communion because I've listened to some content about that very same thing is can you pull off communion online um, in your, the quiet of your own home, have the same sort of moving experience. We had communion communion at the uh, garden tomb last week, Hmm. which 
was very special, obviously. Yeah. It doesn't mean that at church is no less special or more special. It, it's communion with, with Christ acknowledging, you know, in that sacrament. And I can do that in the privacy of my home. I could be compelled to do it by an online uh, sermon that I'm, or online broadcast that I'm listening to or watching. So, yes, I absolutely think that life change is happening and you can participate in any and all of that. Do we still want a, an experience that compels them to come be with us and face to face where they can? Um, but the example was shut ins, people who can't get out, yeah. lots of reasons why people can't or won't or don't or haven't yet. And you can still include them. Well, we can start creating content in this environment where we're talking about building broadcast and technology and uh, targeting an online audience. That's just, again, another byproduct of what the space we're talking about is, is uh, making that so important. I can go back to one other thing you talked about with millennials and, and newer generations. Uh, and we'll get to this eventually. And a lot of what we'll talk about casting the vision and understanding uh, the practicality of what, what we're talking about on Sunday. But you also, as young adults, get to experience for the first time how to invest beyond just tithes and offerings. Uh, really, that it will all take some money. There's an investment. We have to sacrifice all of us in different ways to figure that out. Eddie and I have participated in more than a few, either building programs, pledging, whatever that looks like, and committed to it because we saw saw the value in that, which is what you know we'll be contemplating and getting people to think about. So I'm just kind of priming the pump from think about uh, that is the thing we all get to do maybe the first time in your adult life to think about making a, a sacrifice or a commitment over and above what it takes to run the church. Cause magically it takes, you know, it's not magic actually. Yeah. It take, it <laughs> takes money, real money. And our people have been faithful to do that. But let me just say this one last thing and brag on the staff and even the leadership. I've seen this church do with volunteer staff and the uh, full-time and part-time staff, a smaller group of people doing great work with the least amount of resources over 16 years. I can remember talking to other people, churches, group after group. You do what with how many people, and you set it up and tear it down every week that there's no way you, with employee to attender ratio, do what you do. And that's testament to the to the volunteers and to the staff because yes, they really have and do and will do in the, to the future, be good stewards of that money, that those resources um, for week in and week out, and also what we do to make this site ready uh, for us to move into. Yeah, I mean, just to to speak about that, they said roughly the average church has one full time staff person for every hundred people. And so for us, it's closer to about 300. Right. <laughs> That's the way that, that ratio up. works of doing that. So thank you for saying that, Bill. And absolutely, Eddie, maybe just for you as we wrap up, looking back on that, as you look back on your life and you've been a part of those campaigns, you've helped to build buildings, you've helped to do these things. Is it something where you look back, you're like, you know, I really wish I had that money back. I regret giving and doing something for somebody else. Has ever thought crossed your mind? No, <laughs> not at all. I think back to when I was in high school, uh, college, other churches, LSU football games, all those buildings were built by somebody else. Hmm. 
I had nothing to do with most of those buildings that changed my life, made me who I am today. And I, I think that's what the whole thing is about. It's all about planting a tree that you're not even probably going to sit that long under the shade. And that's what I think that's where I think that's an opportunity. I think that's an opportunity that that each one of us get to do. I mean, as as Justin says many times, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to be a part of building something that's going to possibly change the community in a way that you can look back 15 years from now and say, hey, I was a part of that. And yes, there's a lot of pride when I walk into the to the children's area or the worship center or wherever of these churches that we were involved in. And uh, that, yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't ask for a nickel of it back because I've seen what the, the product has done, what the building has done, what the renovations have done to change people's lives. Yeah. And now my five-month-old is in a building y'all help build that is in Mom's Day Out that is still benefiting from the shade of that tree that was planted. And I'm thankful for you guys helping launch Simple Church that I wouldn't be who I am. Jordan, I know you wouldn't be who you are without that because it takes, somebody has to go first. Somebody has to put their name on the line. Somebody has to sacrifice to go. And it might be you listening. Maybe you'd feel like there's just no way that you can. It's impossible right now. But I think if we're really honest, most of us can find something that we could give up. We spend money on things that are pretty silly in the scheme of things. And this is something that we believe in, that we think is important, and that we think God, most importantly, wants to use us to do for the next generations behind us, for my kids and their grandkids, and maybe you listening's great-grandkids, whatever it might be, that we all have a part to play. We all can give something. And this April 30th meeting, if you can make it, if you can be there, Justin will be walking through that more and you can see specifics and talk about what that looks like, the details. We would love for you to be a part of that. If you're listening, it's already happened. Go back and check it out. Check out our website. We'll have a page that goes through. We can help you to see how to give. Something Bill helps it up is give stock. So if you're somebody listening to this that you've gone and you're at a phase in your life where you could give stock, that you could help to go and benefit the church, that's something he's set up. If it's a car, John Hagler's taking cars that are gone and are going to be donated, money raised by selling it sometimes or whatever it might be. There's lots of different ways. A couple people asked and sent us some questions, and we'll finish on these. Like One of the questions somebody said was, hey, I want to help to do the demolition. I want to help do the remodel. How can I do that? We'd love for you to do that. Email John at thesimplechurch.tv. We'll get you connected with him. We'll figure that out if you have skills or can donate or do something. Maybe it's not money. You can do that. But for the pledges specifically, and Bill, maybe talk to this for a second. The idea is that you would pledge, you would commit to say, I'm going to give this amount of money over this amount of time. And that you don't have to give the money that night, but we really are just asking that you would take the step to say, I'm going to do this. And that helps us to know what's coming and what is potential. Obviously, things can change. Obviously, it's not a legally binding contract, but our hope would be is that if you can give something and say over the next year, I'm going to give $1,000 that above and beyond what I normally give if I've ever given, that would be instrumental in helping to be able to figure that out. Is that right? Yeah, some of them might be people's first time to really be challenged to think about what it means to invest in a church and see the return and all the way back to Eddie talking about the ones that we've participated in. Same thing. Never, never regretted a nickel that I did. And to hear any, even reflect on the, the fact that the spaces are being used by other people. Yeah, sure. I mean, I knew that and I, just to hear it, 
uh, gives you pause to think about that. I'm glad I did that. And what seemed like a sacrifice at the time, at the end of it, you know, we completed it and did it like we said we would. And it was something you could be proud of. But the fact that it lasts and lingers is is even more uh, kind of refreshing. But back to your question, what are we what are we trying to do? We're trying to get them to um, really evaluate. We want you to clearly have all your questions answered about what the project entails, why we're so excited about the possibilities, and think about what that commitment might be for you. Um, a pledge is just that. You're saying, this is my promise, I'm going to do this thing. And for you to, whether you make that decision Sunday night, which is not, not the goal necessarily, even though we would love to, to hear as soon as possible and think about what you can do over a period of time while we're, we're trying to do renovations and make ready the space and, and that sort of thing. Um, but just think about, you know, what role you'll play in that sacrifice. Just, you mentioned a couple of things, a pledge that donate non-cash items could be a car. For example, I want to spend an extra minute on the stock because yeah. we did go to a new platform last year called overflow. They really did streamline stock donation. Um, they pro provide some next level assistance through the process that uh, handholding that really does help between us, the staff, and and people that help with giving, and the company itself. Um, investment resources are, are largely a, an untapped area for us to consider, and people are just looking for a way to do it because it can be difficult. Now it could be made easy. And we want people to know about that. So here's an opportunity to, to talk about it, maybe for the first time. And we'll put a link to the show notes if you'll check it out. Bill would definitely be happy to help you figure it out. Overflow the company sure, that absolutely. does it is great. And, and, and a way to it. do that and be a regular part of your charitable giving is to give some resources you've maybe saved your whole life for the purposes of being generous and, and doing that. We want to provide a way. Absolutely. Jordan, you can say something? Yeah, I wanted to add something. You know, me and... Chip, we're talking about this the other day. We were talking about just how it's all going to work because, you know, we're, he and I are thinking of all the production and all that for the building. But we started to talk about the giving and my generation, Evan's generation and the generation, you know, below us is my first initial reaction was, is, oh, you know, we need to give, we need to, to make this project happen. Well, my brain automatically went to a large number. And Chip was like, man, it doesn't have to be. It could be $20 a month. Right. It could be $50 a month. It's whatever you got. So, you know, I just wanted to just add in. Like, it doesn't It doesn't have to be, you know, anything and everything. But if, right. even if it's just something. Well, you're I exactly think. right because that's what this church has existed on. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, small grassroots kinds of gifts that people have given what they could. And, yeah, that couldn't be more true. So, you can't say, well, my di my gift won't make a difference because it absolutely has in regular ties and offerings and giving, um, sometimes one time just blessed with gifts that we've seen, uh, whatever compels you. But yeah, there's opportunity to do that. Now we're talking about a project over and above operating costs of the church and paying salaries and staff and that sort of thing that um, we are more than capable of doing. I, I'm 100% confident. Almost everybody, right? We'll leave an exception <laughs> to where there are people in your situation to listen to that. We're not going to guilt trip you. We're not no, going to pour it on thick. Yeah, my my point being we're capable of pulling this project off. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100% um, able because collectively we really do have the resources. Does any one individual 
have a challenge. Absolutely. That I agree with you. Yeah. That not everyone can, but the richest there, nation in the history of the world. <laughs> and there are plenty of us who who can with our excess. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just think about giving. Chip Mitchell's on staff with us. He was my first boss. My first job I had at 14 was his intern. I made $50 a week working probably 35 hours for him, which I don't think was legal looking back. But I like being around there and hanging out. So I gave my $5 a week. And that's something that I've been in my life. God has taken care of me over and over again. Mallory, my wife, wanted to stay home with our kids four years ago now or so, and it was very stressful to me, and I didn't know it was the right move, and we've made it work, and we've given up some things. I like a new car. It's whatever, but I don't regret for a second ever trying to follow God's plan for my life and forgiving and for making those choices, and if that's something that makes you anxious, stresses you out, you're listening to this, you're new to Simple Church, you're new to faith, we understand you're not alone, but... I just want to speak specifically to the person that has been a part of Simple Church, that has maybe been more of a consumer. You realize that you've been using and taking and getting the benefits of the church for a long time. It's a chance now that you could go and start to change that again for the next generations behind us. If it's your own kids, if it's somebody else, that we have this chance now to buy in to do this. And I think everything that I've seen praying for this for over a year, we've talked about it, we've seen this, it looks like God is in this, that it's lining up in ways we didn't even think were going to be possible at first. And I want to be a part of that. And I want that pride of looking back, like y'all said, to see you got to be a part of what God was doing. And man, look what he's going to continue to do in ways that we can't even really predict yet of what's going to happen. So, you know, you said wrapping up earlier, but mostly we (laughs) want to see people Sunday night. We want to them to leave there knowing um, they've been asked to get behind something and to get excited about making a difference in the lives of others. We want all their questions to be answered, and I'm sure we're prepared to stay there and do that as long as it takes. Uh, or follow-up questions, meetings, lunches, whatever it takes to help people feel comfortable with um with the answers we're providing and and the project in general. Absolutely. And you can email me, Evan at the simple church.tv and I'll get you connected with the right person that's in the show notes here. And again, if you're listening to this after April 30th, it is not over. It's not too late. It's not your only one chance. I'll put the link in the show notes, but we created a page on the website that's going to have the video of the looking at the boardwalk we're going to show. It's going to have the plans of what it could look like. And as things progress, we'll continue to come back and give updates. It is definitely not over on April 30th by any means, but it's that first shot that if you can make it, you can be there, you can tune in. We really are excited to see that it is going to be real. It can really happen, but it's going to take everybody contributing and being a part of doing that. So, Eddie, any closing thoughts on that? Any the final thing? Anything you'll get off your chest you didn't get in? No, not really. I I will add back though. If somebody does have a big number, I'm speaking for Justin, if they do have a we'll big number, it. go ahead and write that check right. and bring it next Sunday. <laughs> we'll night. all be stretching some other way. <laughs> yeah, we're real good with that. But but the other thing is begin to pray about the you know, what God wants us to do in this situation, about what he wants you to do as a uh, individual or a family and, you know, how God wants you to pr- participate in this. Absolutely. Bill? Well, I would just say, Eddie, you and I, if they came for shenanigans, we probably let them down today. <laughs> That's right. Light on shenanigans <laughs> yeah, in this group. We're not. A change of pace. Sorry about that. <laughs> we can turn it up a notch. Oh, man. I don't know if you can turn them up a notch. Jordan <laughs> can get some shenanigans. I've heard oh, Jordan. I can get it going. I know you can. <laughs> no, nah, we'll be fine. <laughs> Oh, God. Jordan, any closing thoughts? 
Nope, got none. There you go. I'm going to answer just a quick, a couple quick questions. We got text in questions. If you've made it this far in the podcast, if you're burning with your question to do there. One of the things I thought was interesting is the facility wheelchair accessible. Obviously, it's probably somebody that's affected by that. Yes, there is an elevator. There'll be plans you'll be able to see, and the video will help better explain it. But basically, upstairs will be a live service with a live band. Downstairs at that bar will be a simulcast, so you can not even fight the stairs. There'll be options for downstairs, but there is an elevator to get upstairs. Uh, somebody just affirming said that I think moving to the boardwalk's an excellent move. The fact that Simple Church started there is like perfect timing. It comes back around. And I thought that was a really cool thought that if you know Simple Church, we started there. Coming back there, we think will be a great thing. I'm interested in helping to relocate. This is somebody that if want to help, if you have skills, if you have something you can donate, again, I'll put my email on there, evan at thesimplechurch.tv, and reach out to us. We'd love to get you connected with the right person and help you to be able to help us. That would be awesome. And the goal date for the move, and we'll end on this, nobody really knows, right? We want it to be fast as possible. It all depends on how much money we're able to raise. We're going to start when we build. It has a year to when we need to occupy. So sometime we're looking at possibly 2024. We feel good about saying that, guys. Yeah. Yep. That would be the goal. That would be the hope. And maybe sooner, depending on how fast we can get in there and get doing that. So keep staying in touch. Stay tuned. We're obviously, we'll push it out and everybody will know when we're moving, when it's actually happening. Until then, we're still at the Shreveport Convention Center every Sunday. You can still tune in and stream and be a part of the service. Justin's got a great message for this Sunday morning coming up with Old School is the series we're in. And then on that night, April 30th at 5 p.m., tune in. Be there. Be a part of the meeting. We'd love for you to check it out and subscribe to this podcast and check out all of us on socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We would love for you to be a part of what Simple Church is doing in these next 20 years and beyond. Eddie and Bill, thank you all for coming on. You bet. Absolutely. Jordan, thank you as always. Mm -hmm. And thanks for listening. Leave a five-star review. It helps people find the podcast. And we'll be back some next week with some more podcast goodness.